There's an invitation in this moment. There has been in the last six months. We've sort of drawn the church into the season we're in, right? And there's been an invitation into dependence on God. We've drawn on the, the, um, the sort of biblical narrative of, of the Israelites who come out of Exodus and find themselves in the wilderness and the gap between um, the life in Egypt and the life in the promised land. Um, in that moment, they follow a, a pillar, right, of cloud by day and fire by night. They receive manna from heaven. There's an, um, Im, uh, they're forced into an embodied dependence on God, right, in that moment. And, w- and we're saying that's always been an invitation. And it feels like it's going to increasingly be an invitation as we move away from this, what we've known to be a, a, ho- a really steady home for the last sort of three years now. Um, and as we move into something that actually just by nature has to be more temporary so we've agreed that we'll be off orange elephant by easter um 24 um there's an invitation to dependence to trust on god there's been an invitation to towards consecration when when uh, the israelites are about coming out of the wilderness into the promised land jesus um god speaks to them yahweh speaks to them and says consecrate yourselves for tomorrow i'm going to do a great thing you you're you're moving through this wilderness period. You've cultivated dependence on me, but I'm inviting you to consecrate yourselves. As in, make, I looked it up this morning, make something common into something holy. Make something common into something holy. I, I guess we're made holy and something goes a bit wrong. And um, it, there's this call to make ourselves holy, set apart, um, um, different, distinct, holy, after, um, into, into uh, Christ-likeness. Dependence, consecration or holiness, and unity. There's an invitation to unity. The Israelites crossed the Jordan into the promised land together. They followed the priests and the Ark of the Covenant together. It feels like those have been the invites to us. And I guess Pete's letter sort of really names um, the, the idea that there may well be a gap. A gap between what we had expected and the reality of what God's provided, the, what, the, the actual place, but also the journey we've been on. You know, perhaps we'd expected to go from here to a permanent home, but um, actually we're not. We're going to another sort of a temporary home. A gap between expectation and reality, a, a gap between what we might prefer and what God's actually doing, God, the actual activity of God, what, what um, we would like God to have done or to do, and what God's actually in his sovereign will and better judgment doing in us. What goes on in that gap? And I guess Pete's in that letter just trying to put his finger on a few things. There's, there's, there's still, what are the gifts? What are the gifts available in that gap? There's still God's presence. There's still God's people. There's still God's provision, as the Israelites experience. Presence, people, provision. There's this invitation to be malleable, that we would remain a bit malleable, right? We're not fixed. We're not attached to a thing that we like live or die on. We're actually still a bit malleable and transient. That amazing line that I won't unpack loads now, but... The, as the, God took the Israelites out of Egypt, but it took quite a lot longer to take Egypt out of the Israelites, right? There was a journey that they had to go on beyond just a physical moving from one place to another. There's a malleability that hopefully we have remaining um, camped out, you know, in camped out mode. And lastly, there's this invitation to formation, to, to become more hungry in prayer. To become more united, to become more like Jesus Christ, to become more proximate to a hurting world, 
there's an invitation for us to be formed more into the, the church we're called to be as we're not uh, fixed and attached to a permanent home. And as that, I guess, in some ways doesn't take up our full attention. Those are perhaps some of the gifts in the gap. And I just wanted to share, um, that's a summary, my summary of the letter. Um, three things I guess God's been sh- sharing with me. I, I recently, last weekend, went to David's tent. I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's just sort of 72 hours of worship. So from 2 p.m. Friday to 2 p.m. Monday, just um, singing and worshiping and praising God and um, uh, I've been there a good a few times, and each time it's life changing. It's honestly su- an incredible, incredible gift. And so, um, yeah, I feel slightly more like I've got something to say, which is good. Cause we, <laughs> um, but and it just feels like it speaks in this moment. I just want to speak for a moment on hunger. I guess like what's got what's the gap? We talked about the gap, and just to you know if I was more prepared there'd be a very basic slide on the wall imagine this a line which says um uh reality or circumstance another line that's above it that says expectation and what god what god wants to do there's reality and there's circumstance and the gap between the two is is where our hunger emerges right this is what the reality is and this is what god i would long for you to do and what i would expect for you to do and what i'm focusing my attention on and longing for right that the gap is what creates hunger and i uh, john tyson just has done a few amazing talks recently but just Having studied so many revivals, like what's the common thread amongst all revivals? You look back over hundreds and hundreds of years. What's the common thread? Um, just to keep it brief, God comes where God is wanted. God comes where God is wanted. Where there's hunger, God seems to turn up. Obviously, God's got free will and can decide. But what's the common thread amongst all the revivals of the last hundred years? Hunger. You know, very weird, unstrategic places like the Hebrides where God shows up. What, why? Why does God show up there? Because there's people hungry, hungry, hungry for God's presence. Hunger happens in the gap between what's the reality and what we long and expect God to do. Yeah? In that gap. Um, I just wanted to read from Psalm 63, which has been... Um, my book's falling apart. <laughs> In my, in my heart this week. And just as you can find it if you want. Psalm 63. Should be a Bible about near you. And if for now I just read verse 1. You God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land. Where there is no water. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek for you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And uh, for some in the room, there may, there may be like, oh, I just didn't want to move to Orange Elephant. <laughs> you know, when it comes to church, it might be that. It might be that that's provoked something in you. There's that. There'll be all sorts of emotions in the room, right? Ah, oh, I just long God for something more. I long for a permanent home. I long for you know this element of the church, the vision for the church to be outworked. But my hunch is your your deepest longing, the thing you earnestly seek God about, may well be a lot more personal. 
I think we probably could guess that, right? The, the, what, what's the longing in your heart? I think it's probably personal. It may, it may be about this church, about this community. It may be literally about your own life. It may be about your own family. It may be about the, the neighborhood in which you live. It may be about people um, that God has brought you close to, that you're sharing life with, and you just long to God, for God to see God move in their life. Like, What's your, what's your deepest longing? David's here. Um, God, I earnestly seek for you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. What This is the image in my mind. Imagine our PowerPoint slide that's not there. The way you create hunger, the way you create a gap is either you raise the top line, you have a greater vision, or you lower the bottom line, right? That increases the gap. Some of us, I feel, have a low bottom line right now. So they're like, actually, my circumstance is making me hungry. It's making me long for God to move. Or the circumstance of someone super close to me. Or something that God's laid on my heart. That's why I'm hungry. Because I'm seeing pain. I'm seeing suffering. And we, David writes this psalm not in comfort. But in, um, you know, he's literally, if you find the story, he's like running for his life. His own son is trying to kill him and to take the crown from him. And he's in the desert. And he sings for this. Uh, he sort of writes this psalm. He pens it and says, I long for you, God. My, in, in like a parched and dry land, I long for you. Um, there's an intimacy that's only available, I think, with Jesus in our suffering, in our worst. But in, in, when the good moments, we're grateful. In the, in the tough moments, we're dependent. And we can, we can choose to be dependent and to bring... Um, our, our suffering and our pain to God and, and to cry out to him and I believe there's an intimacy that can be seized in those moments think of Matthew 5 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of God it feels like those who are closest to the kingdom of God are those who are desperate right there's a desperation there's a like uh, you're right on the door of dependency on God because the bottom line is quite low. The reality, the circumstance, I'm hungry, God. And um, we've got a choice in those moments. You, the brilliant song by like the Jonathan, David, and Melissa House, like, I'll raise a hallelujah um, in, the, in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a hallelujah in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the mystery. In, that, in those moments, God, I'm going to choose to praise you. That's where there's an invitation to intimacy in the middle of our suffering. And I, I guess, experienced this recently, just sort of waking up to some things that, I just, that were painful in my life, but I had just got used to. And God almost showed me them. And I've, I... Um, I just felt such an invitation to dance in the middle of them at this, you know, David's tent and just um, worshiping God with my body. And I'm going to I'm going to dance right like on these things that are painful and are causing suffering. I'm going to dance. And I just felt such an impartation of joy in that moment. I'm going to choose to raise a hallelujah right in the middle of the storm, in the middle of some things that are actually pretty painful that I've just got grown used to. So that's one thing. I just wonder if any, does that reflect with anyone in the room? Like, what, are, you, are you hungry? Are you in a circumstance that, that generates hunger? You're like, God, I need you to move here. Um, allow God to show you it, to wake you up to it, and then choose to raise a hallelujah in the middle of it. Um, attached to that, 
we've got Pete's letter quotes Isaiah, right? Isaiah 43. See, I am doing a new thing. I'm making a way. I'm, you, and he basically is like, do you, I'm making a spring in the desert. Do you not perceive it? I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And I just, the, the sort of the pairing verse for me is Jesus in Revelation. Behold, I'm making all things new. God is a God that makes things new and is always renewing. Um, what I feel like I had done as well, just convicted of like, actually, I've just settled. I've, got, I've grown used to an expectation that God isn't going to renew things. And there's stuff in my life. You know, I've got, it's so easy, isn't it, to pray for revival out there, but, not, but to have at the same time um, lost faith for revival in here. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, yeah, I've just grown used to that in my heart or in my home or in my this friendship or in that situation. Yeah, that, yeah that's fine. But I, like, I long for that to change over there. I pray for revival out there. Um, what, I just I felt such an invitation to come into line with, like, a God that, does, that wants to do a new thing that is always renewing. It's so easy to settle, to essentially raise that top bar, right? Oh, I'm actually just expecting far less nowadays. And and what does that do? It reduces our hunger, right? The gap reduces. It's so easy to scheme and to do it in our own way and to say, yeah, I've lost faith that God's going to renew, bring new life. And so I'm going to start to do it. I'm going to try and raise the bottom bar, the circumstance, on my own, you know, like just push it up with my own brute strength. And, and that doesn't really do much for our hunger either. Or we just pretend and we say, actually, no, I think that's probably what I've been doing. You know, that's fine. And, and just push something to the back of your mind and, pre- and pretend that the gap is a lot smaller than it is. Do you know what I mean? They're all tactics we have that actually don't confront what God wants to do in us, which is to point us to the difference between the reality of our lives and our circumstance and what God would want to do in in renewing all things. When we come face to face with that, we get hungry because the gap's pretty big. Um, John chapter 6, Jesus says to, no, Peter says to Jesus, I'm not going anywhere. To whom else shall I go? You alone have the words of eternal life. It's so easy, isn't it, to um, to settle, to find the um, home for our desires and our longings, the solution for the pain that we feel elsewhere. Jesus longs for us to to bring it to Him. Um, I just felt such a, an invitation from God saying, like, there's so, so much more. You know, Augustine, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you, in you, Jesus. We're created for unity with him. And I believe that we are all thirsty and we are all longing. But it's like, do are we even aware of it? I think I just become aware of my hunger and my need for God. Like we, we're all hungry, but we sort of numb ourselves to it. Does that make sense? And we, and um, I think there's like a God wants to put His spotlight on us in this moment. As there's an invitation to grow in hunger as a community, and to and to be aware of the the hunger from which we operate and we do our lives. We hunger for God, but so often we go to. You know, we hunger for nutritious food, to take the metaphor, right? But so often we head to McDonald's. I went to McDonald's last night, so I can say that. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? And we're like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, but I'm going to just eat out here instead, even though I know it's not really going to do the, do the thing. Um, 
I just felt like Jesus saying there is so much more. He asks, he asks, as Jonah remind us this morning, his people again and again, he says, what do you want? What is it that you want as when he's relating to people? I believe he asked us that question this morning. What do you really want? What have you just settled on and got used to? I'm a renewing God. I'm making all things new. What do you want? What longing have I put in your heart? I want you to cry out to me. And so lastly, just to read um, the, the, uh, the latter few verses of that psalm. So verse 2 down. Maybe let's read verse 1 again. God, you, God, you're my God. Honestly, I seek for you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you're my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. There's this picture of David in the, in the pit clinging to God. Um, but the thing that's just really struck me as I've read this over and over is the past tense. I have seen you in the sanctuary. On my bed, I remember you. There's a conviction that God's love is better than life, but it's based on past encounter. It's based on past revelation. And um, I just, I basically um, found myself wrestling with God a bit. And um, I don't know if there's some in the room who are like, well, that's all well and good, the, the whole, the, the diagram thing. And, but, but I'm not sure I'm really, I don't know what that top line is. The thing I'm made to long for, the, the thing I'm made to expect God to move in. I don't know what renewal in my own heart looks like. And you've got David saying, I have met you in the sanctuary and I remember you. And, you, and what if you're in this room, you're like, actually, I'm not really sure if I have met God. I'm not sure I do remember a time. And um, just to be personal, my faith journey over the years has been quite a lot of, I operate in my head quite a lot, so it's been quite a lot of, God, I don't understand, I don't understand dot, dot, dot. When I read this in the Bible, I don't understand. When you move like this in church, I don't understand, but I'm going to go anyway, right? I'm going to continue to follow anyway. I'm going to trust and obedience and put weight on these truths that I read, even though I don't understand. But I felt God really challenge. I felt my heart yearn for like, I want an encounter, God, that I can point back to. Does, does that make sense? Like David saying, I remembered you in the sanctuary. I, I've got that. That's part, that's forming my expectation of what you're going to do. And I felt almost wrestling with God. Like, I, I want you to reveal your love to me, at a, not just a head level, but a heart level. You know, as I physically experience your love for me, God, because I... Um, when I stand here and tell people, and as you know, you go about your day and you meet your neighbors, you say, God loves you. To what degree is that based on an inner experience and encounter with God's love? And I found just an invitation to, um, to wrestle with God and to, to say, God, I will, um, as Jacob does, Jacob says to God, I will not let you leave until you bless me, right? 
He wrestles with God in the night. He says, I will not let you leave until you bless me. And I felt God show me. Um, I I sort of not engaged in that wrestle that fully because I was scared of rejection. You know, scared that you pursue God in prayer and worship and fasting for days on end. And at the end of it all, you're like, I still don't really feel God like you love me. Do you know what I mean? I still haven't had that physical encounter. And I wonder if that's any in the room. And I've just felt such an invitation to wait on God, to continue to, like Jacob does, wrestle through the night. I will not let you go until you bless me. Um, and, and I just found myself praying, and uh, I will wait on you, God. I will wait on you, however long it takes. I need, I, I need to know that. I need to encounter you. I need to have something to point back to, to remember. I met you in the sanctuary, and it was like this. And I'm going to wait on you, God, until you do that, so that I can have a sense of, like, what, the, what am I really going after? You know, when I'm hungry, what am I hungry for? Anyone in the room feel like that? Like, I need, a, I need an encounter. I need, and I just, um, yeah, I think that's the end. It's like, it's an invitation to to wait on God. And the reality is that I, I, when I did that, I just shouted it in prayer over and over again. I will wait on you, God. And however long it takes, um, I just felt an unbelievable sense of peace. And, you know, after over a good few hours of... Um, peace and and joy and and hope and like oh, yeah it's okay like there's basically just felt an invitation from god like not an immediate embrace but a like yeah continue to pursue me continue to pursue me it's not like okay you've you've demonstrated you're hungry here's the box ticked it's like yes that's it you're starting to understand that you were created to long for me you are given deep inside you a hunger for me that you've that's been numbed, that you've gone elsewhere with, that you've forgotten about. But this tapping into that longing and bringing it, it bringing it to me, it is is literally what you were created to do. It's not. It's not. Um, I don't necessarily believe that we're created to escape suffering into happiness. I believe we're called to um, bring our longings to God in the middle of suffering and happiness, right? In the ups and the downs. That's a ri- that's the rich faith life we're called to. Um, there we go. So what, let's, should we pray and worship? And to, to acknowledge the, the moment we're in, do you want to join, Ben? I'll try and do closing thoughts. Um, we're in a moment, aren't we, of transition as a church. And I think, I think some in the room will feel that more heavily than others. Some, honestly, feel like, I'm not really sure. I don't really mind where we meet. As long as, we, you know, we're all gathered together and we're, we're meeting with God, that's great. Others will be like, ah, yeah, it is actually quite painful. And that isn't what I'd hoped for. And there is a gap there. And maybe you can find God in that longing. But I think the, the invitation is, is there however we feel about the venue thing you know the orange elephant where we're meeting the journey the church is on because it actually is just like a what well, the journey we're all on as we live a life of faith isn't it and the the question is what are we doing with with our hunger are we hungry have we settled do we have anything to to point back to are we craving an encounter with with god are we trying to do it in our own strength are we just we're so easily distracted i am so easily distracted and 
deep conviction and feeling often just gives way to like, oh, life is busy and that's hard and this is, you know, before you know it, um, you're, you're far more attentive to other longings in your heart and you've gone elsewhere with them. So I just believe there's an invitation this morning for God to almost show us the deepest longings of our heart, to reawaken them and to invite them to bring him to the, the, the foot of his throne. That's the only place, that's the only home for them to wait on God.